Hey, someone said that our intro is kind of long. Uh, it's, it's the intro music. Is this person uh, talking about like before we actually start the show, there's music for too long? Yes. Or does the music continue for too long while we're already talking? I think it's uh, the empty zone where there's just music and no talking. They feel it's too long. So welcome to Layout, episode 132. This is a podcast about design and technology and stuff. <laughs> and for today, our main topic uh, is... Uh, design portfolio feedback and also other things. This is our intro. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. Um. So do you want to do follow? Do we want to do follow up first, or have you? Because I think I I saw you last time like a ninja sneakily <laughs> moving follow up down. <laughs> oh really? The show. I I didn't say anything, but I noticed. Um, I've been doing so this unconsciously. Do- I think. Yeah. So are we doing this? Are we jumping into the main topic right away? I feel like I need to get warmed up. Um, that's fair enough. That is fair enough. So I don't know. I feel like sometimes I wonder if follow up at the beginning is cool or is something like you have to endure and wait. You know, just wait for it to end to actually get to the main topic. I don't know. I for me personally, like a bit selfishly, but for me, I think follow up is cool because it's like. Going back to stuff that we talked about, and there's more. But wait, there's more. Uh, and especially, like, I think today's follow-up is actually not really follow-up. Is It could be its own thing. Like, there are meaty topics here. So let's start with follow-up today. All right. <laughs> cool. Passed in one exception. Tweet at us, at Layout yeah, FM, if you would like to have know. follow-up at the end of the show, or, or not at all even, or whatever. How do you feel about follow-up, people? Do let us know. Copyright. Don't say what P.O. box. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. Okay. So let's let's jump right in. Follow up. Follow up. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, see, I'm not even prepared correctly. So let me find the name of the person who sent us. Cat Noon. Nice follow up. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, no. All right. So friend not of the cat. show, uh, Alberto. Uh, message us on Twitter. He sent us a DM. Uh, I won't read his actual message, but um, he basically asked us for our thoughts on two tweets that got a significant amount of attention on Twitter in the last few days. And I think because we talked about social media a lot last mm-hmm. week, um, it kind of made sense to sort of talk about it a little bit. Um, yep. So this first tweet is... Um, from someone, honestly, like, I don't even want to draw too much attention here, um, that basically talked about how um, design is so much easier than every one of us make it out to be. Um, you don't need research for 99% of the UIs you create, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was kind of the tweet. Um, and then the second one was a tweet that said, hey, I don't know uh, why I used to feel so unprofessional about um not having like a repeatable process um like i would just now i feel so much better about it i just do whatever and it's fine um (laughs) that's like my tldr of the the tweet um so he was asking for our thoughts on it and honestly i i saw these tweets pass by um in my twitter feed and i just never felt like i needed to address them (laughs) Like in a way, like I, I feel like design Twitter tends to be want to criticize ideas so much 
and like places such a high importance on a, any tweet that gets more than like 10 retweets that it's just like I don't know, man, like you're entitled to your own opinions and I can disagree with those opinion opinions and but I don't have to say anything about it. Which I wait, feel. wait, wait, wait. This is revolutionary. Are you telling me that if you disagree with someone on the internet, you don't have to let them know? Yeah. I feel like more people what? should try that. Crazy talk. Shut yeah. up. It is like this crazy revolutionary thought technology. Like you don't have to engage and Actually, like, honestly, most of the time, engaging just makes it worse. Like, I feel like the unspoken rule of the internet is, like, if you dislike something, don't, do not engage with it. <laughs> engaging just makes things worse all the time. Um, in this case, I, I just feel like, you know, it's so easy for any tweet to get misinterpreted and, like, twisted its meaning in so many different ways. But it's like, you know what, like, I kind of want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, in some cases, I think, like, any opinion can be used correctly and any opinion can be used, like, wrongly, if that's, if that's even a <laughs> word. Um, like, it really depends on the context. And without knowing that, it's it's really hard to judge someone's someone's tweet. and. I feel bad for people getting like piled up on uh, just because they sent out like a quick tweet that so all of a sudden got became viral. Um, and I don't think like there's like a bit of a question on like, oh, like should people with more followers have more responsibility? I think generally, yes. But also like, let's just remind each other that we're all humans. Like <laughs> it's like if Dan Petty tweets something that you disagree with, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's going to be fine. You know, like, he, he doesn't speak for, like, all of design, you know? Like, it's just, like, one person's opinion. It's going to be fine. And also, um, the fact, like, sometimes it's not even the opinion or the, you know, it's not even that it's that big of a controversy in itself, like that, this one opinion. It's the the way that these online chats forums platforms whatever the way they're designed it's also very prone to i feel like it feeds off the engagement and stuff and like if someone were to say like we're at the bar or whatever like having coffee or beers and say like hey man do you feel like sometimes just worry too much and if you would just to do something quick that it's usually fine or whatever do we feel like we need to do all this and that would spark a conversation we're like actually i do feel it's important yada mm. yada or whatever like it would be very different than having this in public. Because, uh, like, I can't just ask whatever this guy tweeted. Like, hey, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, what do you mean? Say more. And that <laughs> yeah. doesn't work. In the, first, it's like async. And then it's like it takes time. And then it's publicly, uh, you know, it's public. So people will just chime in and say, how dare you know that is wrong? And then people attack each other. And if, it's like, this is no news. You know, this is not news for anyone. But uh, I feel like. Sometimes the fact that it's presented in this way, like as a tweet or in this public, very public way, also sparks some of this drama and, and engagement. And sometimes if this was, if you were having a conversation, you know, face to face, it would be a very different uh, conversation. Yeah. I've been listening to a Tomorrow podcast with Joshua Topolsky, which is like an interesting figure in and of itself because I don't agree mm -hmm. with a lot of the stuff that he says, but I still think he has interesting opinions. Um, they, the they, <laughs> they talk about um, 
they call it dunk culture. <laughs> Everyone wants to make like the easy like dunk on every <laughs> like take that happens on on Twitter, and I think that's largely what I see the problem being here is like everyone wants to have like their quick hot take out <laughs> on whatever the latest thing is and I feel like most of the time like we m might do better just like seeking to understand if we're interested and if you're not interested then just unfollow the person like it's gonna be mm. fine like you're gonna be okay you know like we and we talked about that last week too is like finding the right people for you to follow And I think that's really important. Like, just mm -hmm. only follow people that bring you joy. Like, <laughs> Mary Kondo, that shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I think someone, um, this this guy called uh, Pete Lacey, uh, had the best tweet, in my opinion, like, with regards to this. It's like, I, I see a lot of moaning about design Twitter, but my timeline is only full of good stuff. Am I following the wrong people? <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> that is like you know if you curate your twitter feed the way that you want then hopefully like all the tweets you get are good stuff or stuff that you're interested in and it might not all be stuff that you agree with but it's at least stuff that you're interested enough to want to entertain like these ideas so i just wanted to address that like We are not going to talk about every single tweet. We're also not going to talk about every single rebranding. <laughs> Although it seems like lately <laughs> we, we do talk about a lot of them. But, um, <laughs> but it's fine, you know? Like, it's okay to not have an opinion on everything. And, it, like, we're not just going to generate make-up opinions just to have, like, a quick, like, easy dunk on something. Um, mm. I think we just want to talk oh, about damn. the stuff that we're interested in. That's what I was going for. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and also that's also um, something that a medium like podcasting also brings sometimes I don't know I it's it's harder to be riled up or really offended or you know have drama about something you said on a podcast just the, the fact that you just offer so much more context yeah um, even on your tone uh, in voice right that is in itself some context of how you feel or how you whatever um, so yeah yeah cool. and even if podcast brings way more context because it's typically if podcast doesn't spread like wildfire the same way tweet do but um unfortunately <laughs> well unfortunately <laughs> or fortunately like i don't know but yeah that's um, a good point even then i sometimes feel like whenever i listen back to the show i feel like That's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this came yes. out all all kinds of wrong, right? Like so, for even sure. Even in a context where there's so much understanding, sometimes something just comes out wrong, and that's just how it goes. Um, so editing this yeah, show is one tricky. of the hardest things I do ever. Because <laughs> I'm constantly like, no, 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 no. <laughs> But like yeah. I can't change it. There's no edit button on podcasting. <laughs> okay, good, good follow, good follow, man. Uh. <sighs> okay, I have one last piece of follow up before we move on to our shiny main topic, which was a couple episodes back. Now uh, we talked about some of my struggles and some of my experiences uh, taking over as head of. Uh, design and, and uh, acting as a manager which you know new to me uh it it's still new to me so happy to report <laughs> um even today messed up big time and i'm learning and dealing with it it's fine 
but <laughs> I learned two lessons, which is like for anyone being a manager, I feel like this is like being a manager one on one. This is like what it teaches you first day at school, uh, the <laughs> management school. <laughs> um, but there were like two pieces of advice offered uh, offered to me by 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 my my co-founders out of the blue like it was not something like they were like i f i think you're struggling with this so let me offer you some advice no they had no idea i said like yeah it's fine um and i totally related to this so just two little like pieces of advice first don't feel responsible for your team's happiness mm. which is very tricky like you're not responsible to have these people to make them happy there's a lot of factors that could play into their happiness that you're not in control of. And if you're going to feel ownership and, you know, it's your job to make them happy, it's not. Uh, it's your job, like, to make the, their job easier and, and, and set them up for success. Um, uh, but, like, it's not your... Happiness is not one of your OKRs, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't... And that was something that I was really, really deeply struggling with. Like, I have, you know, I want this person to be happy, Um and even if you have like a bad day at work or at, at home or whatever, that would play a role in it. I would still feel like I, it's my job to fix it or whatever. And it, it's, I feel like that's just a recipe for burnout because, right. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's kind of because I'm sure some people might have thought like, but why not? You know, because <laughs> it's like, wouldn't yeah. it be better if your manager like wanted you to be happy? And I think it's not that. It's you not that I don't, don't want, to. want people to be happy. Yeah. It's just that you're not the sole person that's responsible for that. Like you need to acknowledge that like I can do things that give you like a positive environment, but at the end of the day, you're like the person is responsible for whether or not they are happy or not. Because mm -hmm. um, taking that burden on you is just like so massive and also might honestly lead into like you into weird territories like this mm. kind of weird like god complex of like you're responsible for that human being like beyond what you should be like in reality mm -hmm. it's just like hey you know like i'm no better than you like i'm gonna try to do my best and um we're gonna like try to make cool stuff together but um ultimately like the person is responsible for um even like stuff like owning their career and their growth like you can help them with that but mm -hmm. ultimately like they're in charge of that like that is that belongs to them and you get need to give people that ownership because otherwise you're just babying people too much yep totally agree that's a good tip um second tip uh maybe not as cool awesome but it's also something that i experienced on my first day uh, <laughs> which is like i think you may if you're new at it at it which i am um i think you may think that you want to be like casual and like hey i don't want to like set rules and like you can do whatever you want at your own pace you know let's find it out together you know figure this one out whatever whatever uh when in reality people respond better to like some defined structure like this is what you have to do right now like let's go for it like if you if you're too loose like that's that's what you may think people want, but that's not what actually people want. They want to know what do I have to do? How can I be successful at, at my job? Um, and not like, I don't know, man. Like you can do whatever when whenever you will find it out. And I also learned that the hard way. Like that is not it, 
that is not the the best course of action, I think. Um, and so, yeah. So, okay, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Like, because obviously, like, you don't want to be so loose to be like, hey, like, welcome to your new job. Like, you can do whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> just figure out what you want to work on. Um, but you, like... The opposite is also not good, right? Like you wouldn't want to hand someone right. over like a checklist basically of like, okay, here, like do move this box here and then move this there. So how do you find, where's the right balance? Like where'd you draw the line? Uh, glad you asked me because I have uh, years and years of experience and I've tested all the right. <laughs> um, I think it's more like, I. by the way, I don't have the answer. I don't know. But I think it's instead of putting someone on rails and like follow this path you know it's like give them uh give them a destination sure they can figure out how to get there if they want or you can also say you know get to this destination following this road or whatever but like don't put them on rails and tell them exactly what to do but give them a goal give them a define what success is hey for this sprint we we want to tackle these problems and we want to ship this one thing right um, I think it's it, you know it's somewhere in the middle, uh, but yeah, I was definitely like way too loose and like chill and whatever. And I guess also some people respond better or worse to that, so it also depends on on your report. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this is something I learned. I also think for me, it's like giving someone a very clearly defined problem rather than prescribing to them the solutions, like the way that they should go about them. So mm. I think this is basically where you're. T- talking about by like yeah you want to tell them like the um sort of end state like where we want to be but then they figure out the path for how we we're going to get there um i think that's like a really good way to do that and um when it comes to like ambiguity like that's something that we've also struggled a lot at shopify and i think probably still do to this day um like every year we have this um survey that's like asks a couple questions um, and I think one one of them is like, uh, I I know what's expected of me. And it's like always yeah. kind of a tricky question for people to answer because I think generally like we have like a lot we have a lot of people who don't fully know what's expected of them. Um, and it can be seen as good or bad, <laughs> and I don't know if we're that means we're doing it right or that means we're doing it wrong because I fe- I can't help but feel like if 100% of everyone says I know what's expected of me like we're n- not in a better situation than we're in like working at a factory and we're just like pressing buttons and then things are moving moving along but then if literally nobody knows what the heck is expected of them then but that, that is a loaded question either. though right cuz like if for example, if I feel empowered to define and to take ownership of other problems and like yeah. also like branch out and experiment with, you know, if I feel confident and empowered to do that, you could say that I know what expect, what is expected of me. Well, yeah, so that not, also gets into like this is kind of a bad question because everyone interprets right. it differently. Because right. um, <laughs> and I've even been through that like kind of cycle of I would right sometimes like no i don't know what's expected of me but like in a good way like i'm happy that way you know because (laughs) Uh i that means everything's possible you know versus someone might answer that in a completely different way and even now it's like i like i used to write like oh i don't know what what's expected of me but now i feel like 
I know what's expected of me, but what's expected of me is like very broad and very vague. And like it basically like what's expected of me is for me to figure out <laughs> what is the most impactful to do. And that that becomes like, oh, this is my expectation. Like that is my clear enough big like end goal, you know? Um so yeah, I think this varies a lot for people and you should always have be having conversations about that. Uh one thing that really helps a lot, I find, uh, in terms of setting expectations is um really kind of like setting the intended outcomes for that role. So basically saying like, okay, like you're a uh senior designer. Here's what I expect of this role. Not necessarily specifically to this project but just generally like i expect you to um have like solve like complex problems without guidance or assistance and i expect you to uh start mentoring people and i expect you to like these Mm -hmm. kind of things it's it's not going to be a checklist but it's going to be like a rough guide of here's what i kind of want you to be doing Mm -hmm. um so I think that gives people like at least a little bit of sense of a uh, sense of like, okay, what do you want me to do? Like I could literally do anything. Like I could be very focused on research, but if that's not what you want, then I'll spend my time somewhere else. So like, just mm-hmm. tell me, you know? Um, so I think I'm, that's helpful. I've been pretty bad at it also <laughs> at this. Well, but you're just thing. starting. Like it's, it's a lot, you know. Yeah, 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 but also, yeah, yeah, but working on it. So, all, yeah. Well, all this is good, good, good tips. I think it's been helping me. I have a lot to learn, so you know, expect more tips in the future as I, <laughs> as I learn and grow, uh, or not. Whatever. <laughs> Keep us updated. <laughs> yes, we'll do. Okay. All right. So. um For our main topic today, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, sort of portfolios. We talked about it in the past, I know. Um, But I think this is a little bit different this time. Um, And also, Kevin, we've been, this is episode 132. (laughs) That is true. So for our listeners, it's been 132 (laughs) episodes, almost everyone with its own main topic. We're going to start to have some overlap. You know, so how long has it been? Like two years, three years, maybe three years. Um, Something I get. We're totally different people, man. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like uh, honestly, yeah, we're we're in a very different state, you know, in place than when we started. So there's going to be some overlaps of topics. We're going to talk about some stuff with maybe a slight variation, like today. But uh, anyway, yeah. What I'm trying to say is like, please don't call call us out on this. <laughs> but I mostly I don't see think that my thoughts on it are very different than they were back then. Um, so here's the context. Um, so it's rapidly approaching internship season uh, for the summer, even though it would be hard to believe because we had a giant snowstorm today. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to start that process pretty early on. Um, and as part of it, uh, as a lead, I'm basically like reviewing a lot of portfolios for people that apply for internships. Uh, and as I was doing that, I've basically I looked at maybe like 10 different portfolios um in the span of a week. Damn. Yeah. Well, well wait, it gets better. Um okay. or worse. <laughs> or worse, yeah. Um and I was like, wow, I'm seeing the same things come up over and over and over again. 
of the same like I wouldn't call them mistakes, but same things that that is just like you know like this could this could be so much better. Um, and I felt like people maybe never had that feedback, you know, because even if you apply somewhere, like typically you're not gonna get much feedback on your portfolio or your work itself. Um, so I thought. I, don't, I wonder if people would be interested in just getting that like really honest feedback. Like I'm just going to tell you like it is, you know, I'm not going to necessarily sh- sugarcoat things or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to, you know, tell you what I think. Um, and boy, that, tw- that tweet really blew up. Um, I don't know how many I saw re- that. retweets it got, but it flooded my DMS like instantly, <laughs> basically, um, which was kind of interesting because, Twitter became so hard to manage all of a sudden. Like I had like m- like friends that would like DM me about other things that I would like completely mm-hmm. miss just because I had like hundreds of DMs. Right. Um, that were and also, like this is not uh, intended as like a humble brag or whatever. This is no. honestly, I think as a tool, Twitter is not great. Yeah, <laughs> you deal with like large amounts of even like DMs. I it happens all the time that I just forget. You know, like if I make the mistake of opening it and then it's you have the red st- status, right? You clear the badge and then like you want to get back to it. But anyway, you totally lose track of it. Uh, so, yeah. So apologies yeah, totally. if you've DM'd okay. me and I haven't answered. Please DM again. <laughs> Basically, because I I might have missed some stuff. Um so, uh, yeah, and uh, honestly, like, the reason why I got so many requests is it got shared by a lot of people outside mm-hmm. of my typical following um, mm-hmm. that have much more followers than I do. Um, so I kind of got a, a feel for <laughs> what it's like to be them. Um, anyways, so, so many people took me up on that. And then I had, basically, I had a choice. I was like, okay, either I just sit down, I write an article, um, and then share the article with everyone. That was possibility number one. Possibility number two is everyone sends me their work, um, and then I write like a bullet list of things that they should think about or fix. Which, in my opinion, is like the worst solution, like ever, because I could not get myself to like sit down for hours and hours and just like write and write and write. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think that generally feedback like doesn't work well with text like you need to have a really good relationship with a person to be able to give them good feedback over like a text-based format because you I tend to agree totally yes. don't get the context you don't get people like people's tone you don't like there's it's hard to like clarify things i think the best feedback asks questions um and it's kind of hard to do that um over a text format so that led to the third option, which is the one I ended up choosing, which is, okay, uh, let me dedicate half an hour to every single person who messaged oh, me. Oh, boy. Uh, so that effectively destroyed my calendar, but <laughs> a bit more on that later, um, which means that I've gone from having like reviewed 10 portfolios in a week to like now having reviewed an ungodly amount <laughs> of work God, dude. um and i'm i am booked until the end of march <laughs> right now holy shit um, Damn. so but i'm only taking like a handful a day so it's you know it's not like my entire days are filled with portfolio reviews like i've 
made it so I only dedicate like a small amount of time per day. But still, it's like every day I'm doing like two or three. So, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to use this opportunity to kind of like reflect back on this and um, just talk about some of the stuff that I've noticed. Uh, and just yeah, yeah just I assume you have a pick up a lot of you pick up a you pick up a lot of trends and you know patterns that you probably see. You know, yeah, um, these I would say the main thing that is kind of an interesting uh, topic of conversation is that uh, what I call the uh, commoditization of long case studies. What do you mean by that? So, long case studies. I think that trend was largely started by uh, Tihan and Lax. Do you remember? Yeah, yes. They oh, had these big, yes. long, like very detailed case studies going through all of the details of their projects. Um, they're everywhere now. <laughs> Literally everyone has them. I've spoken to tons and tons of students that are, a lot of them aren't even out of school yet. And they have like multiple thousands of word long case studies about their school projects. And it's just like, you just look at the scroll bar, it's like a tiny little dot. And it's like, it scrolls forever, <laughs> um, full of information. I think this trend is going in the right direction. Uh, it's way better than just having like two screenshots of things yeah, you did. Okay. So it, it is going in the right direction. Like, I, I this think, is something that I think way back when we did talk about portfolios as well and give some, some feedback and some advice. Writing case studies, I feel like it's, it's very, it's unique, first of all, right? It's assuming you wrote it yourself uh it's 100 percent unique you did that you wrote that it shows that you care it shows you put in the work and it gives all the context and anyway it's it's all around a positive thing i guess if you make it too long you you take the risk of people just getting bored and not reading everything uh that can happen right <laughs> but but yeah still i think it's it's a good problem to have yeah, and so that's why I'm saying like it's going in the right direction, but it causes some new problems. <laughs> um, and the case of people getting bored is a very real one. Um, but just generally, I think it exposes a little bit. Like basically, before we didn't couldn't see people's thinking very much, and now we can. Um, and sometimes, like it exposes some flaws in thinking. Um, <laughs> that sort of like make me question like ask questions as a reviewer um so some of the stuff that i've noticed and honestly like if i've talked to you like i'm like i'm not talking about any specific case right like i'm just talking about generally overall trends that i've noticed like i'm not singling out any specific individual not and i think we've out. had conversations and like what i've told you was exactly what i thought um so you don't have to worry um but generally i feel like um like some some basics like and this is something we've talked a lot about uh, to a lot of people is just thinking and like the problem understanding is just like really not there for a lot of people <laughs> like just being able to explain clearly to me what is the problem you're trying to solve here is just very, very difficult for, for mm. many, many people. Um, I, and I think like a big sign of that is like kind of like conflating problem with solution. So for a lot of people, it's like the problem was this company wanted us to redesign their interface. It's like, okay, but that's not the problem. Like the problem is like, why did they need to redesign in the first place? Mm -hmm. um, so. 
like a lot of things like that where it's just like i feel like you don't understand even like what the core problem of what you were doing like you're basically just kind of like applying this new coat of paint and like rolling out this giant process before even understanding like okay why are we doing this so i think that's the first step is like really if you are putting together a portfolio um like really think about that like what is the context and what is the um like what is like what is this why do we do all of this work i think it's also a reflection of the stage that you are in your career it might be meaning you know that is that is usually a sign that someone is just a bit more green at it like it's that is you know there's this like uh you know anecdote or whatever the the older and the more experienced of a designer you get the more time you spend thinking about the problem and less like in sketch or whatever actually mm. coming up with the solutions right and it's almost like you know it's it's a it's like a direct relation between that right the older you get more experience you get um you know more time you start you spend thinking about it whilst you know when you're still very young and new at it you have the tendency of like not spending enough time thinking about the problem what it is and, and that you jump right straight you know straight right into the straight into the solution yeah i think you are right that being said like having a lot of the conversations that i've had we can typically get to a like very clear problem statement by having a conversation like it's not that it doesn't exist yeah. it's just that it's like so far like buried down <laughs> so much stuff um that because it, it seems like um and, and that's something that i've seen is like a very like this is the school formatting <laughs> of how we do essays in school that is not not very conducive to ideas and for a lot of people my suggestion was just we need to cut a lot of this um because a lot of this doesn't mean anything <laughs> really and we need to get to the gist of the core of your problem and i think that's kind of a uh, a new sort of problem that was brought brought about with the uh case study is like now if you're doing a case study you not only need to be a good designer you also need to be a good writer <laughs> mm. um and that's a separate skill and so if you want to play that like in that game that's fine but you all like I'm also going to be evaluating the quality of that. Like anything that you show is like up for judgment, basically. Um, so it's up it's up for people to be like, okay, if I want to invest the time in this, um, I need to think about my content uh, a little bit more. Um, some of the stuff that I've seen too is like a lot, a lot of uh, personas and a lot, a lot of flowcharts that don't make any sense. It's like this giant, like imagine, you know how you see in the, um, uh, in in some like uh, like investigative TV shows or something like that. There's this board with all the lines connecting all the faces yeah, and all, all the, the things. Threads. Like that's effectively what the flowcharts look like. And basically, everyone has a version of this in their, in their portfolio. And it's just like, what does it mean? I literally have no idea. This looks amazing, but like. I have no idea what you're trying to say with this. And I feel like part of like the reason that I like am looking for to hire a designer and I'm looking to hire you is I'm looking to you to explain a complex concept to a user that doesn't know everything that you know. You're and looking so, for like clarity of thinking. Yeah. So if you're showing me this 
kind of amazingly complex flowchart of something that doesn't need to be that complex, then I'm kind of like starting to question like whether or not you're able to do that work of taking something complex and making it simple. So I want people to like think about that. Like, cause I think a lot of people go through the motions of, I see other people do like a flow chart. So I'm going to do flow charts. I see like, I, like I see some people putting a lot of mock-up or a lot of images with post-its. Okay. I'm going to have like tons yeah. of images with post-its. And it's like, yeah, but why? Like, like really think about what do you want people to get out of your, your portfolio? Um, I also feel that generally um, people spend a lot of time on process, um, not enough time on problem and not enough time on solution. Like even the solution is often like kind of happens at the end and it's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> like this ended up being the solution, but no explanations as to like, okay, why did you make it? Like, why is this solution great? Like, how does it, how did you solve the problem? Did you circle back to some of the users um, that you talked to? Um, even like the things with the, the personas, like personas tend to be <laughs> not super imaginative. <laughs> um, like most people have like, my user is, uh, a 20 something year old who's in school right now studying for tech and, uh, is very tech savvy and wants to track everything on there. It's like, it's just like the narrowest possible, like persona that is like the closest to you. Yeah. The most convenient one. Um, so it's like you're like, trying to shove in, it might come across as you're trying to shove in something to, it's like when you come up with a logo and then try to make circles and shapes to make up that logo. Kind of. Yeah. And I feel <laughs> like, like, look, you don't have to include that. Like if there's yeah. nothing interesting here, don't include it. It's fine. Like it's totally Spoilers, okay. We don't have personas in Netlify. It's also kind of problematic. Yeah, we we have some issues with personas in general. But anyway. yeah, and that's what I've been ta- telling people too. Is like I, I so that's I guess what I've learned is like they teach you personas in school now. Um, <laughs> so everyone okay. includes it. Uh, but it's like yeah, the industry's kind of moved on from that. Uh, and the reason why, like, if you're curious, um, is that personas basically like simplify a large group of people down into like a, a stereotype basically mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't really represent any kind of human like, that is so like stereotyped in that way. So it's a lot better to just like treat people individually and then just like kind of come up to an understanding on your own, like, but without trying to like characterize someone as like, you are the newbie or you are the whatever um because in reality like uh, in some areas you might be a newbie but in other areas it might be some something else so it's like kind of defeats the purpose um one thing that i found too is these case studies must have taken hours and hours and hours for people to put together like some of them are truly remarkable like it's just so much work and documentation and and i applaud that like if you're willing to put in this work it's like very great Mm -hmm. but one question that came to me is like what is the right ratio of time spent on portfolio itself versus time spent on either a making the work better or b uh, doing new work that will be able to be showcased in your portfolio because one thing that I've seen is like a lot of people, 
and it makes sense, but people want me to give them feedback on the container. But oftentimes I'm like, yeah, the container is mostly fine, but like the problem is the content. Because <laughs> um, it's like, I can give you feedback on the line length of your, your website and stuff like that. But really, ultimately, like that stuff more or less doesn't matter. Like what matters is, hey, can you do the work or not? Um, so that would be another thing that I would want to ask people is like, if you're seeing that you're spending as much time putting your portfolio together as you did making the project itself, like (laughs) maybe that's a sign, like maybe that's a sign that it, like your time may not be the, that like invested in the best way. It might be in your case, like I'm sure that for some people it makes sense, but does it make sense for you? Uh, because I think a lot of the times you'd, you would probably be better off just investing a little bit more time in like either refining some of those projects that you have. Cause a lot of these projects are school projects that were done quickly. Um, so I, I don't think there's any harm in you like going back and like fixing up some stuff. Um, or if, it, if all you have is like client work, like maybe there's like a side, a nice like little side project that showcases some of the work that you want to be doing. Because oftentimes, like I've seen that too, is like a lot of people are struggling with this, where their current work is X, but they want to do Y. Uh, and I'm like, well, the, I you've probably spent thirty hours on this portfolio piece. Uh, like, is is that the right way to invest your time? I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that was kind of interesting for me just to get that feel um those were i'd say like mainly like the the bad trends that i've noticed um but the thing that i get out of this is like i have met so many awesome people in there like there's a bunch of people and like you will recognize yourselves if you're listening to this that i was just like i don't have a lot of feedback to give you because your work is really great and is really awesome um, so I've also been really impressed by, uh, by some people just by like how thoughtful they were, how they were really great at explaining, um, sort of work in their, in their projects and showcasing their work, uh, properly. Like, I think that's also really awesome. Um, and it's kind of funny in a sense, like those tend to be the people who ask for the most feedback, <laughs> it's just like they they would ask me a lot a lot of questions and come in very prepared and it's like yeah no your stuff is really great (laughs) you know so i think yeah but i think it it speaks to that attitude being successful right like the reason that they got to where they are is they've been really curious asking lots of questions trying to get as much feedback as possible so that by the time they even got to me they were already great um so yeah no, it's been it's been a really interesting kind of experience. I'm looking forward to doing even more of that. Um, I like it's been like a real privilege for me to like try to help people out. Um, and and sometimes like we've also just had really interesting conversations. Um, I've talked to someone that had um that was kind of like had a challenging situation where they can't like a lot of their work hasn't shipped yet, uh, and will potentially take years before it ships. And they can't show any screenshots Damn, of their work. Um, so we're like trying to find ways. And he obviously like did what everyone does, which is like the long case study is minus the screenshots. Um, but it's, you know, it's 
hard to engage people with that. Right. Um, yeah. And so we were trying to find ways for him, like, oh, like, could you, like, sketch something out, you know? So it's not the actual interface, and you're kind of, like, hiding the important information, but you're showing me a sketch of at least kind of what it represents. And then one thing, one idea that we had together was, um, and I think we've talked about that in the past, like, I I don't know why I've been, like, so, so stuck on this idea, um, but because he was a great communicator like in person like in or on video chat he was really really good at talking about his projects um so i was like why don't you just record yourself in a video you know that's totally different and you're gonna stand out this way and i know that you're really great at explaining the challenges and uh, how you solve your problems um so he's gonna try that um so that's it's pretty cool so yeah it's it's, it's really fun to see what people are like struggling with and uh, where they're at so yeah also you we can't any we can't complain about being busy anymore because you (laughs) you keep you know adding more stuff in your life (laughs) yeah but good for you this was great uh i think this was this is an awesome initiative and um yeah uh oh i guess like last thing is if you'd like me to take a look at your portfolio uh you can and you can me. wait until march and you can wait until march uh, you can send me a dm <laughs> i'll send you a link uh, i guess i'll put it a link in the show notes to the calendly thing where you can oh. sign up right there uh and book a meeting with me so speaking of calendly do you want to get to recommendations let's do it okay so my so my recommendation this week is calendly what shocker um Calendly is probably the tool that I use that brings me the most joy. <laughs> um, it is such a lifesaver for what it costs. Like you can even use it for free. Like I've been I've upgraded to paying tier. Um, but basically, what Calendly does is it connects with your Google Calendar and basically allows you to create bookable time slots in your in your calendar that so basically creates a url that you can share with people people can go there see what times you're available you can like as a person that has a calendly i can even set up some questions that i want people to answer um and then when the person books it automatically adds it to my calendar and creates a calendar event for the person i could have never done (laughs) these last two weeks without calendly it's so powerful. Like there's so many cool things you can do with it. Uh, I can say, for example, like I'm only available in between these times and these times. I want to at least have a X minute buffer in between this event and my other events. So we'll automatically like discard some slots. And then you can say for this event type, I only want to do at most two per day, for example. Hmm. So, and then it just manages everything. It is so great. I hate having to deal with scheduling generally for uh, like just random meetings that I have like sometimes with people like maybe not internally because internally they can just look at my calendar on um, Google Calendar. But if I have a meeting with someone that doesn't work at Shopify, Calendly is such a time saver. I could just say like, here, you can book, find a time with me whenever you want. We don't have to do this like back and forth of like, can you do on this date? Oh, no, I can't. How about this? Like, it, it completely eliminates this from your life. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's like one of these products that's, it's not the most sexy product, but it just works so well. 
So huge time saver. Love it. Check it out. I've heard of it. I never used it before. Their landing page, like their illustration style, it's kind of it's kind of cute. It's kind of yeah. cute. Um, cool. Actually, I could use this because I've been doing a lot of hiring, and and yeah, that happens when you try to set up a call with someone not in your organization. That is kind of annoying. And also, if you add time zones in a mix, oof. Oh, oh. God. Yeah. No. Sign up for Calendly now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Will do. Good. Good recommendation. All right. And also very in theme with the main topic. So, you know. Yep. <laughs> good job. Good job. Uh, my recommendation is Google Maps. You should try it. <laughs> Have you heard of Google Maps? <laughs> okay. It's like recommendation. The internet. <laughs> yeah. You should try it. <laughs> okay, I can explain. Uh, <laughs> or you could always recommend Lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out, Brian. Um, so the reason why I'm recommending Google Maps... All right, so more specifically, the the mobile app. So the app on iOS or Android. Um, is because, like... <sighs> here's my here's my uh relationship with google maps is like it's maps on your phone and it's usually i know that it has way better like search uh you know database and stuff so if you search for something compared to apple maps way better and i know probably their drive by drive like their the directions are more accurate and more reliable cool and so a lot of times i just use apple maps because it was built in and you could use your watch and whatever it's easier i didn't care um but guess what the google maps has one thing that um apple maps doesn't uh first it's on android uh, but more on that in a future episode but also it has b- biking directions if you live in amsterdam <laughs> that's how you get by mm. like you bike everywhere right and so if you want directions you want biking directions which you know are still very different from either walking or or especially driving um because like there's a bunch of streets that it's legal to go in one direction if you're biking and it's illegal if you if you're in a car anyway so for that reason like in amsterdam at least you have to use apple maps so it's like all right i guess i have to use it um and then i just found out like Slowly, I've been discovering features that I assume have been there for the longest time. I just never really used the app enough to find them out or even like take advantage of it. Like, there's a very cool like explore tab and for you recommendations. This could be like events or this could be restaurants or this could be whatever. Um, and so far, the recommendations have been pretty spot on. Um, also, you can. You probably know this. this is like very old, you know, very old news for most people. You can subscribe to other people's lists. So, like our friend and friend of the show, Alex. Um, hi, Alex. Uh, he has a bunch oh. of like cool lists of places. Like, oh, Alex has so many bars <laughs> so and many pubs and coffee stuff. shops that you can work from and restaurants, and, and you can subscribe to those things, and then you can see all that in your map in locally, right? Hmm. So that has been pretty cool. Uh, another thing that you can do through Google Maps is like effectively you have find my friends, but in Google Maps you can broadcast and you can see all of your friends in the map if they accept, of course. Um, I didn't know about this. I only found out like a couple of months back when I moved here and I saw people were using it th- that way. Also new to me. Uh, <laughs> and um, and now they just they just announced this one thing. I don't have it yet, but like this new 
I don't know, there's a video we're gonna put it in the show notes. I think Engadget or something. They're they're gonna release like this AR navigational thing using Google Maps. Like if you're trying to get directions in a city, like you can use the camera and you can point at you know at your environment. You see like the arrows in AR. It's kind of crazy. So you crazy, can do that advanced. today. I haven't tried it yet. So I think actually I think it's like a beta or something, or maybe uh, it's just okay. for the press. Like I've seen videos of people using mm-hmm. it, but I don't know if anyone and everyone can use it so far um so yeah also the one thing is like turn by turn directions especially if you have your phone locked in your pocket and you're relying only on like the voice things from airpods let's say imagine that you're biking i don't know just random example uh on ios is definitely not as reliable as let's say apple maps so if you're an android no problem there. Actually, on Android, you have... Look like, at if you, you have, Android user. <laughs> uh, if you have your Android device, I didn't know this. Again, also old news for Android users, I assume. If you have, like, turn-by-turn directions on, even if you quit the app, you have, like, a little, like, floating widget window with the directions still, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so, anyway, that that's that's it. Random recommendation that is, like... <laughs> Everyone knew about this. But if you were like me and you know never really use it or explore the app too much. Yeah, that's awesome. One of my favorite feature for biking is the elevation. Mm. You know oh, this? also not a thing here in Amsterdam. But no, I don't. So I like it, it will uh recommend you the right route that has the least amount of uphill uh. biking. Which is super awesome and really important in Montreal. There's, yeah, I can uh, see that. Different <laughs> It's not a problem here because this is flat as fuck. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Also, did you know, like, you can, ha- you, a lot of times you have like little buttons to book, like, make a reservation at a restaurant directly from the app as well. Mm, yeah. You have all the reviews and stuff in the app from Google itself. And uh, also, you have like that history of where you've been and like the paths you've taken. <laughs> like, apps like Gyroscope and stuff have that for me, but it's also built in Google. Uh, I guess they don't expose that. Like, apps can't. They don't have like a public API, but <laughs> I know it's 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 here. So anyway, right. cool. All right, that is it for recommendations, and that is it for our show. You can uh, you can get in touch with us, and you can share your own recommendations. Um, you can tweet at us. We are at layoutfm on the twitters. I am at Rafahari, and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. You can find show notes for this show and uh, links to subscribe to the podcast and links for you to listen to all the other episodes all 131 other episodes that we have uh, by visiting our website that would be layout.fm and uh, lastly this show is part of the spec fm network it's a network of podcasts and other resources um, so if you're looking for more shows to listen to or even if you look for a job they have a job board as well Anyway, a bunch of cool stuff. Check them out. They're at spec.fm. And that's it. Love you, bye. I can't say that. That's <laughs> immutables. Yep. Um, I appreciate you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, next. <laughs> that's how I, I skip podcasts. Uh-huh. Thank you, next. I say Siri, take you, next. <sighs> I should create that chart cap. Yeah, it's very useful. See you, thank you, next. <laughs> and they fixed the thank you, next uh, problem, too. Now it plays the song correctly. If I just say, I'm going to try this. <laughs> <laughs>
I won't say the trigger word, so I'll press the button. Thank you, next. <laughs> right back at Doesn't do anything. Just tries to be sassy. Anyway. Okay, bye. Cool. Bye, buddy. See you next week. Bye.